Market Overdrive. I'm your host, Carla Mina, with Cole Banker Residential Broker. How are you today? I'm doing good, Carla. This is Javier Garcia with the Federal <laughs> Savings Bank, NMLS 217343. Um, it is Monday, May, uh, actually Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. It's actually a pretty good day. I'm actually really excited uh, with the guests that we have in today just because we've been discussing a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks regarding the market and inventory and everything else. Um, so I'm very, really happy to have our guest here who's going to be discussing new construction. And with the Mario Greco Group, we have John Dazzlin. Hey, how are you, you joining guys? us? Thank you for having me back. Feels good to be back, being able to be. I think the first time I was a little nervous, so hopefully this time we'll have more fun. Why were right? you nervous? Come on, this is market overdrive. You do it it's every week. Show. You do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I get called once every six nine months. <laughs> six nine months. What's up with that, Javi? You're gonna. I up said your today invitations. was Monday, so don't even worry <laughs> yeah. about it. All right, don't be nervous at all. No, no, not this time. Hey, nothing to be uh, nervous about, especially when you're walking in the studio with the Manila folder. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a Manila folder. What's Sometimes, a Manila folder? <laughs> Sometimes you got to do things old school. You got to take a c- contract to the client's hand and have them look at it and sign it. If they've owned a building for forty some years. You got to respect that and that do, service. do as they wish. Exactly. I love it. So bringing in the old with the new. Old with the new. Exactly. That's what our topic is all about today. I'll scan it and send it back to the other agent. Though. <laughs> I'm scan it. Walk it into the other agent. Yeah. Shout out to all the paperless agents the who are all yeah. there talking about like go technology, go paperless, yeah. and here you are. But I love it. Old. <laughs> what is it? Get out with the old, old and in with the, the new. new. Correct. Yeah. Segway to our topic this uh, morning: uh, new construction, how to transact in the world of new construction. I know we're always talking about there's no inventory right. so here is john in fresh from the mario greco group as javi said to walk us through this process so what's uh, happening in that market um i mean with the inventory i mean resale inventory is probably you know is at a historical low we have you know when we started off the year in january we kind of felt like it was going to be one of those years where it felt really low inventory like a 2013 mm-hmm. and you know a couple months later we get news that this was the uh, lowest inventory in February in almost a decade. So it's almost like, you know, us, us agents, broke, you know, mortgage brokers, you know what the market kind of feels like. You don't need somebody to give you an analysis and says, hey, these are the numbers. You sense that. You feel it. Right. Um, so it is tough out there. I mean, I'm mostly on the list side, so obviously re- re- those benefits. But as a buyer's agent, I obviously represent buyers, especially new construction. I have a several uh, deals under contract right now for that, and it is tough. Uh, the inventory in new construction, like single-family home, there is a good – uh, amount of inventory out there, Roscoe Villages of the world, the North Centers of the mm-hmm. world. Um, there was n- a report that had came out on cranes that, you know, Lincoln Park properties over 2 million that are just sitting much longer than the usual market time. Um, I've had a couple of developers that, you know, are kind of shying away from building single families in Roscoe Village and um, North Center area, but give them a two, three unit condo building or six unit condo building, especially right. like throughout Westtown, Wicker Park, Bucktown, Crane and Village they'll jump on it immediately. So um, there's just not enough land going around, if that makes sense. Right. And the reason why I say that is there is, but sellers are now saying, okay, well, I want X. My neighbor got 645, for example, the one on Hamilton. The neighbor next door is like, I want 699. Well, like, how are you going to get that? if Justif- The prices haven't gone up. Right. I mean, you know, inventory is low. You have right. to have justification for exactly. that market moving forward. So that's why there's not enough new construction inventory to in overall. And then also a lot of builders throughout the, the, you know, the downtown area, River North, Streeterville, they're building apartment buildings. They're not going towards the... The luxury condo market because I don't think it's feasible for them economical to build three four hundred thousand dollar condos anymore. They're going if you notice it's all like in a nine West Loop. I mean hell, there's three million dollar condos being built. Yeah. And it's all residential rentals. I think that's more of a question for our lender in the studio to talk about uh, why isn't that why isn't there a la- why is there a lack of inventory for for uh, new construction? Is it just lending restrictions or is it the availability of funding or just restrictions with respect to I would new say construction? there's a couple of things restrictions in regards to construction, especially in the city, uh, specifically in the city. Uh, you have a lot of different zoning permits and stuff like that it will give yep. you limitations as to what you can or cannot build. Um, for me as a lender, I get to see a little bit of a bigger marketplace. I kind of see a little bit outside the city limits. Like I was looking at some stats, but like in DuPage, Kane County, Will County, there's a lot of new construction that's happening out there. Um, DR Horton actually started doing a lot of new construction here in Illinois. So I think a lot of that new construction for single family residences is being more done in the suburban, uh, in the suburban landscape. Uh, whereas here in the city, I think you're looking at more of rehab kind of, I want to say, almost quasi-new construction because at the end of the day, you're seeing like these two flats or three flats that are being converted into single families. Um, And and you're seeing that significantly more. Um, But I also would like to say is that the Chicago marketplace as well, too, for the new construction, if you're looking at the average price point, 
you're probably looking at a little bit north of 600 to 700,000 on a lot of the new construction in Chicago. So also the people that the buyers that are going to be able to buy that kind of new construction are also a little bit more limited. I mean, some of, I agree. Go yeah, on. So Go on, some John. of the things was like, for example, with the rehabs, for example, you know, I started off in the industry because of rehabs. That's I, I had a niche for it. I wanted to do it. And then eventually I said, why don't I get my own license? And then I just grew into representing clients. But and especially developer type clients who do rehabs, whether if it's in a high rise or single family home in like a Dunning Square, mm-hmm. you know, a good example there is, you know, you buy a bungalow for two hundred thousand, but it wouldn't be feasible or economical for that developer to knock that down and build new because there's not a market for a six hundred thousand dollars house. In Portage Correct. Park, it just started happening. Out there, rehab is not because a developer is you know not willing to build new. It's just there's not a market for. It. So you know, I know Carly, you represent a lot of rehabbers and stuff like that. So. It depends on the market. So there, they'll buy a bungalow for two hundred, put about seventy-five to ninety-five thousand, and resell it for three seventy-five. Right. But there's a market for those turnkey-ready properties because, like you know, a lot of FHAVA buyers within that price point. Right. So they need something that's turnkey. They might not have the capital for not only for improvements, but let alone a down payment. So that's why you, I think you, you've seen a resurgence of that. And then now, as an agent who's representing developers, I'm having a difficult time finding them deals. Because I can't find anything under two hundred. Right. So here's the dynamics, right, that we're talking about. And when you're uh, speaking about the Dunning areas, the Portage Park, those are the North Side neighborhoods in Chicago. Obviously, we have a national audience, so we kind of have to make that interpretation or just right. kind of wash it down. Uh, but it is, in fact, that we don't have the as-is inventory. You're talking about new construction versus flipping. Those are two markets. But I think overall, the new construction, we're not seeing lenders lend money because the average price per square foot. So if you're looking at the right. downtown area here in Chicago, that's specifically what you're talking about is that average price in order for a lender to be able to justify the value and to issue that loan for that developer. So if you're a developer and you're wondering, where is my inventory? I mean, this is what's happening. We can't find you something because we don't have that value for you to find that land, um, the cost is extremely expensive, and lenders are making it very difficult, right? The, well, the guidelines are the for appraisal going, value. When you're going over the conforming loan limits, that's when you start going into a little bit of a tricky territory because you're going into jumbo lending side. But right? I'm talking about more like when a, an investor is trying to acquire the original investment so they can go ahead and, 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 and build new. No, I think there's a lot of new construction lending that's happening today. I think that there's actually loosened up restrictions in regards to the actual new construction lending. I just think that people are a little bit less restrictive in wanting to take on that liability themselves. Like a lot of these builders, a lot of times do a lot of like LLC and stuff like that when they're doing a lot of this construction. It's because they want a little bit of the limitations in regards to how much they're actually going to have exposure in regards to that specific investment. So that's where you, it kind of partakes a little bit more. But I see that a lot of the new construction that's being done is by a lot of these bigger developers, a lot of the smaller mom and pop shops. They're really catering to more specific boutique type of new construction right you know they're yeah. having agents who are connecting them with the buyers and then they're out looking for sites and then they're actually going ahead and getting an architect and everybody to do everything else that's more of a custom build right compared to when you're dealing with like a cookie cutter you know mom builder right like what we used to see like a big you know high rises or even two flats that were being converted into condos and people were separating pins in order to get that right. done we're not seeing a lot of that right well just because one there's the rentals are more attractive for the investors now I mean, yeah. because developers and, and investors key. sometimes they are go hand in hand like yeah they'll play investor when it's the time is right to be an investor meaning you know getting apartment buildings and then mm-hmm. they'll be the developer when it's time comes to flip it we're seeing more deconversions from condo buildings to back to rental buildings really all throughout okay. streeterville there's a couple of them that went on do it right now that i know right on do it and chestnut that turned uh, over from being a and then there's one right now in Old Town that they're talking about on Lincoln Parkway. Okay. So there's right. there's that deconversion of it. You would think like, hey, we, what's going on? Why isn't developers? But because there's like you said earlier, mm-hmm. the value is not there for them to buy off those bill, you know, units, rehab them, and then get them sold out as condos. There's just not the value is not there because right. rental prices are so high. Right. Everybody's trying to keep those as a residential rental. Exactly. And I guess the trend is for us to continue to this trend, right, 2017, just keep the rental. And then eventually these luxury condos that are being rented out uh, in the luxury rental market are going to be confor- are going to be transformed into residential sales. So oh, sure. that's something to look out for. You're listening to Market Overdrive. We're here every Wednesday, and we want to go ahead and encourage you to share and subscribe to our YouTube page as well as our website, which is www.marketoverdrive.com. We are here to elevate your real estate IQ with us today is 
John with the Mario Greco Group, uh, coming to share his insights on new construction. So you've heard it from the best. He's in the trenches, transacting every day. You're representing new construction. Um, since you have the scoop, and I know that as a buyer, you know a lot of people just make that assumption that it's when you're buying, it's you know business as usual. I know that there is some differences when it comes to contracts. Can definitely. you navigate us? Help us navigate through that process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, um, for example, our developer deal that we're doing right now. He has his own contract. I mean, especially when you're in the pre-construction stage, for example. Right. So if you're in the pre-construction stage, like, for example, a property that we have under contract, we're literally in the drywall phase. And the buyer wanted to come in from Pittsburgh and said, I want to be able to have a say in all the different allowances and different items that you're going to pick. So then we would use the developer's own contract that his attorney drew up. And then, but again, on the flip side, if the property was already finished, then we could use a multi-board or, or a car contract. It wouldn't right. be an issue because everything's already there. They see it, and it's done. Um, so that's one big difference with new construction. And then you definitely want a good attorney who has experience in new construction purchases, you know, covering on the purchase side, because you want them to look through that language. Right. No, because there's a lot of, like, non-refundables and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Like, I see that a lot in the purchase contracts when I'm receiving them. Like, obviously, there's almost like an additional 20 to 30 pages a lot of the times when you're dealing with a builder contract. Definitely. But I think what's very important where I sometimes see that sometimes where someone is not – really told exactly the differences in regards to the different kinds of deposits or different upgrades yes. that they're doing with the homes. A lot of those are non-refundable, so it's Correct. very important to go over that in detail. For, for example, on that developer's contract, there'll be a writer you know, or a spec sheet that the developer will provide, and it'll say the allowances are 7000 for countertops. You say, great. Well, I want quartzite instead of quartz. That's going to cost you 10000 So what are, what are you going to do? That extra 3000 you need to write a check for that as a buyer to cover for that. Most developers are going to want that up front because he's going to put that quartzite in. If you fall through, you can't get your loan. He's not going to you know, cough up the extra three grand for you. So he's right. now got to sell this property with a quartzite, and then he needs to come be whole on that. Um, so that's one part of in terms of, hey, we you know the differences. The non-refundable parts, for example, there's different stages after – X stage of the construction process, you need to put another deposit down. My clients in Donald's Grove right now, we did one deposit as an initial earnest money. Just got an email from the agent saying, hey, we're done with X phase per the contract. We need the additional $20,000. And an X portion of the total earnest money is non-refundable if they don't go through with the purchase. Meaning on their end- What? You'll take my money? Yeah. I mean, the developer's <laughs> going to. Um, yeah. But it's more so- but see, you could negotiate that as well. Everything. I mean, just like anything else from right. the closing yeah. date to the doorknobs. Or everything's negotiable, right? But the part of the- I don't you know, though. But you're saying that you have to uh, do it's a non-refundable- It's construction. It's like Burger King. Have it your way. <laughs> but you, know? uh, but like, you want to- yeah, <laughs> You're like saying everything's negotiable, yet you're telling me it's not negotiable because <laughs> I have to- like... no, you, you could negotiate the percentage of that total earnest money being okay. non-refundable or non-refundable. For example, if you're going to go- The client, the developer's thinking of putting white shaker cabinets like every other developer, but right. you want Isn't that like a, a standard at- this time, I mean, like, is that really an upgrade nowadays? No, no, that, no that's what I'm saying. Okay. No, that's what I was, no, <laughs> no, that's what I was getting at. Because so they have the white shaker cabinet is what the developers thinking, and you come in as a buyer saying, "I want these red polished modern Euro style or, you know, overhead cabinets," and then he's gonna be like, "Okay, that's gonna be tough for me to sell if you don't." If you don't, you don't come oh, through. okay, yeah. So as that, soon as you start customizing, exactly. right? Because you do right. have the ability to do that, but of, of course. course, that's above and beyond the original price point. Exactly. So you're putting more money down. You're putting more non-refundable money down as earnest deposit, right? And you're also spending more money on that contract for customizing. Exactly. Every developer plays it differently. Some are going to want that money, you know, upfront, or like I said, they want you to pay the vendor directly, or they might say, "Well, we're just now going to have to increase the earnest money that puts in." Um, if there's delays, there's you want to change in the layout. Uh, the bigger thing is, is that as as a buyer, I always like when I'm trying to sell new construction, I actually urge the buyer in front of their in front of their agent and say, "Look, why don't you come back a second time just to note every little change you like to make here? Because first time you want to like it, you like the layout. Second time, like write down because that way it's already negotiated up front. There's right. not that much because then you're at the mercy of the developer to say, "Hey, I want this," and they're like, "Oh, that's an extra ten grand," and you're like, "Is it really extra ten, or is he putting some?" on top of that for his inconvenience. So those are the tough spots. You want to get, as a buyer, write as much of that up front as possible. Try to make as very little earnest money go hard if you don't follow through after a certain date. And then um, some of those implications could be, yes, you could lose the earnest money. You could uh, you know, be forced to you know, move forward without something that you might not want to. Now, it's not all crazy, scary, and <laughs> like how 
It might, might think it is. Well, it's, it's overwhelming, right? Because imagine the oh God, average yeah. consumer. We don't do this every day. So, I mean, even for me, I'm like in three rehabs right now and I'm about to lose my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah. I seriously can't. I'm like, yeah. every day it's so stressful because you have to choose like vanities, toilets, you know, right. and like sinks and then, you know, That's like hardware. It's like part with most the most stressful part. Because they get a limited time of like when they have to tell the builder that this stuff has to be I, in. Like, I, I have some developers that won't even take pictures until it's done. Like, let alone market it. No pictures because they don't want to be the custom builder for for a buyer. They want to build what they had in mind and say, okay, do you want I could change the pink color maybe, <laughs> you know, or the floor stain? But that's about it. Right. But for the most part, you guys have like a, a set standard of what you're going to do and how the property is going to look. So this, the buyer can go in there and choose colors. Maybe you have three variations of tiles. Yes. Maybe you have three variations of exactly. cabinets. So it becomes standard. So you're not going to get overwhelmed with the whole process. Now, going back to your contract where you said that, you know, we have to set a timeline for the buyer. Is there a timeline for the the uh, developer? And if the developer goes above that timeline, what are the ramifications for that developer? We have uh, a lot of times we've negotiated for clients. For example, this particular development, we have told them that it's going to. So you know, it's kind of hard depending on which hat you put on. You know, as a listing right. agent, I'm trying to protect the developer, saying, "Look, we're expecting to delivery by October," yeah. or to be determined, you know, like meaning there's still some wiggle room there in case something's not ready because the city permit process, whatever it might be. For the buyer's sake, uh, we have negotiated uh, where if it goes beyond that time frame that we said we're going to close on this on September X, and if it goes into October, well, then that buyer's going to get compensated for it. Right. Whether if it's through, let's say at the end of the day he owed a developer $2,000 for the extras, well, they're going to chop away at X per day because the developer did not – you know, yeah, no, I've on had time. developers who paid for rate lock extensions. Exactly. You know, just that because of weather inclamations or things like that. Exactly. Where it's like, hey, you know what? We were expecting to close on the 30th of the month. Now we're going into the 15th of the following month. It's going to require an extension. I've had builders without a problem say, we'll cover the extension and, you of know, course. no problem. Especially if they got a good contract in hand and they want to do whole by them. A lot of the developers that we work with, they're not, you know, one and done. Right. These are people that have been built through the recession and still. And that's one key thing that I think that we should definitely, you know, talk about is those developers, right? Because we, you know, I like to say we have amnesia. We forgot about the market crash and everybody not being found. I mean, at the beginning of, um, towards the beginning of the, the recession, um, when the market crashed, I remember we were uh, representing this 20-unit building on Belmont. And mm-hmm. we were spending so much money on marketing. We were going to do this huge open house. And then it was in Roscoe Village. And we were going to have, like, you know, just invest all this money on this open house. And there was, like, a block party. And we put in so much money. And then I remember getting a call the next Monday after that weekend open house and all the money we spent on marketing. Uh, the developer called and said, we're filing bankruptcy. Because wow. we're not going to be able to, and I'm talking about seven hundred forty thousand dollar two bedroom units. Wow. <laughs> you know that's what they were selling for, and that was yeah. the standard, right? And then we have like more for upgrades. Uh, but the market just sick, right? And all of a sudden, everybody lost. Everybody lost money. Lenders weren't giving money for new construction projects. We couldn't sell a thing. Right. So where did these developers go? And now, do buyers have that concern that you know what happened? Where do these uh, yes. developers are coming from? 100%. Are they legitimate? Are they going to run away with my money? Am I going to lo- you know lose touch? with them after this is done no for sure i mean the first question for a buyer if your age if your agent's not asking for you you as a buyer should ask what previous projects have they done this meaning the developer can i get a list of it we put that list in our bro you know our packet our marketing material but ask why is it that you know this uh, particular developer has only built two houses in the last five years you know i mean not that that means any bad red flags or anything, but you know something right. to definitely no, bring up. There's custom builders. I mean, we work with custom builders as exactly. well, but they all have a reputation. Right. So going to that, John, where, how can someone research that aside from like the realtor that may tell you what no, you want to hear? I mean, besides the normal, you know, search engines and then checking with the city how many permits they've, you know, they filed, the filed for um, some of their past projects. Reach, out, look on the MLS those units that they've sold. Which agents represented the buyer? I've actually told that to on one of our developments, a four-unit building in Ukrainian Village. I'm like, look. Why don't you look up this address? There's about six units that they sold there. They have 12 more coming up. Look at the buyer's agents. They're reputable agents. Give them a call and say, hey, how did your buyer like uh, – how do they like their unit? How was right. the process dealing with this developer? Yeah. You know, that's an extra step that you could take because I think from one agent to another, like Carla called and asked me. I'm going <laughs> to tell her up front. I'm like, hey, you know what? We didn't have the best experience. And I've had that. Right. right. You know, I won't obviously give a name somewhere right now. But, and then, you know, vice versa. If I said, Carla, hey, I saw that you sold – you were the buyer's agent for X development on Belmont. Do you, what did you think of them? Are they right. good? Are they reputable? Did they come out in that one-year warranty to check on things? Right. You know, that's another 
big aspect of right. it. Within that developer's contract is the warranty language. And you guys are doing a two-year warranty? One-year warranty. One-year warranty, one-year warranty, warranty on everything. Yeah, one-year warranty. The only thing, you know, every developer, again, every developer has their own, where, right. you know, one has wear and tear language defined differently than another. That's why I say, please, please, please. So I can't have the kids hanging from the doors, the cabinet yeah, doors, and no. then call the developer like, that's, your cabinet wait, That's a talk. swing set. That's, that's, that's beyond wear and tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But no, but that's why I, I wouldn't s- do that. That's what's so important to make sure that you have a real estate attorney who has done new construction on the buy side represent because they know what to, they, they know what to look key. for. They know yeah. what to look for. And then obviously a lender like Javier himself who know how the loan process is going to work. For example, clients who bought a property that just broke ground, they're not going to close for six months. So you know how to navigate when exactly. to lock the rate, all those things. So again, another professional to help you along the way. And then obviously your agent is going to be the one that's kind of Kind of make sure that everything else is moving along. Yeah, because it's important because, like, even, like, for a client who might be taking government financing, like, I'm taking a look at a lot of the suburban new construction. It's right around three hundred to 360000 yeah, There you go. Is the average price point. So when you're looking at FHA or VA financing, we also have to make sure that the builder who's actually doing the build is also FHA or VA approved. A lot point. of people don't, you know, kind of leave that. It's sometimes a, as a last-second type of thing. We're like, we're not even sure if the builder is FHA or VA approved, and then we as a lender have to verify that. We get a copy of the one-year warranty. We also make sure a lot of the times we do subterranean and termites inspections and stuff like that as well, too. Um, so we always do our due diligence to make sure that at the end of the day, the consumer, the buyer, is always getting the best possible, you know, transaction on, on the table. That's great. And, you know, we always say that on the show. It's like, you know, align yourself with the experts, find somebody. And, Javi, you're always saying, like, work with an agent that specializes in a specific area. Work with an agent that knows, you know, how to work that market. I think that this is, like, for sure the one case that I would recommend somebody to work with an agent that focuses and, and understands a contract for new construction. Because if you miss the part, you know, from a buyer's perspective and you are stuck in a contract and then you have to pay a per diem, I mean, the per diems can get pretty uh, hefty. I mean, right. We're talking about like $150 a day just for you not getting your deal done because your lender is not ready to give a clear to close. Because it also depends on the sales center rep as well, too. Like one of the things that I learned, a little shout out to Basil Maloof uh, with Palmer House Properties out in Atlanta, who sends me a lot of the new construction business that I actually do. Um, A lot of the times you get different incentives for using their in-house lender, and sometimes you could receive a higher incentive for upgrades. And he's the one who kind of helped me navigate to like, hey, whenever we're dealing with a buyer, we're always going to go with the incentives for the upgrades because we always feel that the financing is always going to be competitive with you or with the in-house lender regardless. So there's a lot of different variances when you're structuring it where if you're not working with someone who knows how to work new construction, you might take a deal that is not the best possible deal on the table. Right. Right. Just because they don't know any better. But But if you're dealing with someone who's doing it multiple times and knows exactly which way to use those incentives for the best leverage of the buyer. Yeah. You're going to get yourself the best possible contract and financing at the same time. Right. I mean, it depends on like like you said, if you have the in-house lender was offering a great rate or closing cost credits. But then a lot of times you got to kind of sometimes look past that because. You always ask yourself, how long are you planning on being on the property? You know, is the rate really the most important thing? Is the closing right. cost more? Or would you rather be more happy if we took some of that money and used it towards finishes? Would you want a mudroom set up with cubbies and storage lockers and stuff like that? Look would at you, you negotiating already. No, <laughs> I want it all. I want all of that. Yeah. I want all my cool finishes. And I also want my closing costs. Well, again, I mean, those are all things that depending on the building. For example, if it's a bigger development, like you go out to the sub- suburbs where they're built, literally building a subdivision, of course, there's going to be a lot more leeway on that. But if Right. that one builder who's building a single family home and it's just one property and you know he's already on a certain budget so that's where you get creative you reach out to the lenders to help out with you know whether if it's the signage the marketing the the incentives that you could provide to that buyer and at the same time you go out to your developer and say hey what could we do to offer that incentive you know it's not just hey give the the co-oping agent an extra half a percent no that doesn't get it right. done but what could we do to bring that traffic over and then a lot of times you need to ask yourself as a buyer what is more important for you? What makes your bottom line better? Not what's better for the lender, the agent, or the developer. What do you want out of this deal? Do you plan on, if it's a condo, it's a two-bed, two-bed, do you really plan on being there more than a couple of years? Right. So, so do you want to overspend and over-upgrade? Exactly. Yeah, because obviously it's just entry. i like to point out that you talked about the in-house lender for that developer when you walk into these you know, new construction developments. Um, there's also an in-house realtor. And you don't necessarily have to work directly with that realtor. You can always find representation if in the case of a buyer if you're walking in you can always seek to get your own personal uh, realtor that's 
going to represent you to their, you know, your best interest. I found it so many times that are like, well, the developers, a realtor told me that I could do this and I can do that. And I should have asked for more and I should have asked for this. I've, and you know what? I didn't even do a home inspection because I knew it was brand new. You know, what could be wrong with a brand new property? <laughs> Always get a home inspection. Oh, my I God. I don't care. Right. Oh, my God. I don't care who the developer is. <laughs> or is the same case of when someone walks into you know, an office. I always kind of go to like that whole Tony Robbins thing where he's like, one time he was talking and he was kind of giving a speech. He's like, I have this multi-billion dollar corporation that's running. He's like, I know one of my employees is screwing up right now. <laughs> that's the way it is as well too with a builder, right? You know, they have employees. There's things that happen. Maybe there's they connect the electricity wrong or who knows what happens. Always, always, always get a home inspection. Yeah, and we had on a deal where the developer's like, oh, we'll do the inspection uh, two days before closing. I'm like, no, we're not going to do it two <laughs> well, days before. you can't even do that anymore <laughs> with TRID, yeah, right? Guidelines, yeah. you have to know what exactly it, you're going to be negotiating that, way before closing. Way before, Those days I, are over. And I told my, and my clients wanted to, you know, they were you know talking to me, they're like, when could we do it? I'm like, the ideal time to do it is when the roughs are in and the fixtures are in. Because, right. okay, you go and see a slab of concrete, what? What are we inspecting? And then, or there's electrical lines and plumbing lines. Again, what are we inspecting? What are we turning on? Nothing. So that's great advice, actually. Yeah. So John. make sure that to do multiple actually yeah. inspections. You should do, do at least two. Yeah, for I mean, sure. at least two. One construction because, definitely two. Yeah, because you can do the one that's going to come up, and I'm literally. Oh, going, developers are going to hate us now. Yeah. They're going to be like, I'm "What? Going, I can't, who has time for that?" I'm we going need at one thirty today for for a follow up new con- rehab, but still, you know, we went in the first time. And there was issues, you know, there's a leaky faucet here, this is loose, this is that, (laughs) there's a structural thing we want to confirm. So we're going back today at 1.30, the developer told us everything's ready, so we're going back with the inspector to make sure that everything is ready. And we're doing it two weeks before the closing, just because, again, I'm always thinking that there might still be a few items missing. I don't want to have to... Have that developer rush, hire, go call the fourth electrician on this list to come fix that versus his top guys. And that's very important. You... um, the new construction aspect of it is people buy it for the peace of mind. I've had once a buyer tell me, and I was on the list side because I was really being a little hard on the buyer because he's being an extra picky, okay. rightfully so. But, again, I have a client to protect. They have their side of it. And I was like, he's like, John, we're paying X. And I will never forget this. John, we're paying X for this house because we want it to be all done right. We're not – if I wanted – issues i would have bought the 30 year old house down the exactly. street for x yeah. potentially less you right. know what i mean so you, you when you stop and think about it you're like man this guy's about to spend 1.5 million dollars he's right he should get everything not only he everything wants. he wants but also done right professionally right. done well within the timely manner that was promised to him because I always like when developers are, you know, when realtors market property, this is the developer's own property. And, of course, the developer owns own property <coughs> means that they're going to spend more money on upgrades. They're going to have, like, the real good tubs, the more expensive tubs. But shouldn't everything be built up to the developer's standard of what people want? I mean, like you said, they're spending this kind of money. We should have the ability to customize. And I know every, there's profit margins there, right? Yeah, but yeah. we should at least get a budget of, like, okay, you can get this. Yes. But more importantly, like, the mechanicals, the plumbing, when the wall is open you want to make sure that all that is done so i definitely recommend that inspection it needs to all be written down meaning allowances you know i know we keep going back on that allowances lender credits or anything like that but the allowances are so important because it takes out the guessing part of it like right now we're about to work on a deal that's on a drywall phase i already emailed the agent hey this is the tiles we're thinking of this is what we're thinking of this is what we're thinking of so if they didn't like any of those selections then we would go back to them and say well we were planning on spending four dollars a square foot for that tile so let us know anything you find right. that's up to four dollars, and we'll put it. Why not? You pay the you know, easier for us. Yeah. We take out the guessing game. But if you wanted to spend six thousand, and we uh, hit on this earlier, well, then there's a guy we got to talk about. And then every developer has a different tolerance of it. They might want that money up front. They might want it later. But the inspection part of it would come in shortly after. I would say all those things are at least installed and right. running. So that way you have an idea of and a new construction. Very important on the inspection part. Because on a resale, you might not look at the scratches on the floor. You might not look at the skirmishes on the on the cabinets. On new construction, everything is fair game. Yes. Go, go down there and put on blue tape. Get on your hands and knees and put the blue tape all around the grout on the tile. And I mean, <laughs> He's this. making us work. No, no. And I mean, no, I mean the buyers. You know, go carefully yeah. look through it the because trim sometimes is where I see a lot yeah, of the issues. The, sometimes well, because it settles, so you have that separation, caulkings, all those things. You should look at it. I've had a deal in Logan Square where I told my clients they were like they're very easygoing. I'm like, guys. See a scratch right there. This banister's loose. Let's mark these things. You know, they're like, "Oh, we could do that." I'm like, "Yes, it's new." You know, so that's very important. On the list side, I get annoyed, but of course, <laughs> at the buy side, you're like, "Hey, wait a minute, no, you got." <laughs> again, back to what the, the gentleman said. That 
buyer is paying a premium for new construction. Absolutely. I love it. Great advice, John. And you're listening to Market Overdrive. Again, we're here every Wednesday on WGN, and we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. Today we have John with the Mario Greco Group, and we're talking about new construction. Great advice. I really love that because I think that a lot of people take that for granted, thinking, oh, you know, I'm getting new construction, everything should be fine. But, you know, when it gets mm -hmm. to the point of doing a final walkthrough, you get to do your checklist and outline, you know, what you need to do, like the little marks on the crumb molding, the little marks on the door. But I'm more scared about like not putting something on a contract. I love it when, you know, realtors right. say, oh, it's sold as is on all the marketing. Oh, you're going to get this. This is what you're going to get on that marketing. But if it doesn't transcend or translate in that purchase contract, you're screwed. Oh, right. Yeah. Somebody yeah. missed something. And it usually who important. has to pay for it is the client. So make sure you align yourself with an expert. And this is the one time that I would recommend to work with somebody that specializes yes. in your construction that understands how to navigate those contracts. And if you're not working with somebody who's done a deal with your construction before, definitely hire an attorney that can navigate that contract because everything yeah. has to be in writing. Yes. And ask them, have they done new construction? Ask them. The attorney, right. Ask right. the attorney, the, have the they done new construction side. on the purchase, purchase side? Yeah. Because on the sell side, they're, again, their job is just creating <laughs> up the, the developer's contract, you know, making sure all the legality things are done. But on the purchase side, you're dealing with the emotions of making sure everything's on there. And again, why the agent's so important, again, going back to that largest suburban subdivision developments, that agent in there, of course, they're going to be ethical. They're going to take care of you. They're going to provide you all the information up front. But do you really think they're going to go to bat for you? Their job, they represent the developer. You know, they're not going to mention that, yeah, if you negotiate a little bit harder, you would get X. They're not right. going to say that. But that's where your agent comes in to do that for you. And then on the, uh, in terms of going back and forth on it, if you don't, um, you were mentioning about, you know, on, in terms of like you're like beyond just the blemishes and stuff like that, right. what's on the contract. We get our developers to make sure they look through the spec sheet and then initial and sign it that that is correct. So that way, when I'm representing that, yeah. that developer can't say, oh, wait, I didn't mean four-inch floors. I said three and a half. I'm like, you signed it's it's four. <laughs> now, when the buyer negotiates that, the buyer is going to have a writer that's going to say, I saw four, I want five. Right. Now, that way, that's why I really recommend be, uh, to do that second or third tour to really write down everything you want in that, that property. property. There are going to be changes along the way. My, my boss, when he built his house, he told me how many times he had to change th things because he didn't think about it. You know, he's like, oh, wait, I would want a window in this room, you know, an extra window or something. Right. Those things are going to happen, but be ready that you got to pay for that. I mean, right. it's not going to be for free. You right. Know? And, the, and a lot of times buyers think that, oh, the greedy developer, that, you know, what, what's, no, what's, an, what's, a, right, what's another window? Well, what's another couple <laughs> hundred bucks for you then? You know, so. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult task. I mean, I'm not doing brand new new construction, but we're doing flips you know you have to talk to the contractor you got to right. get it in writing tighter margins yes tighter, tighter margins yes. right because Even tighter margins. Yep. it's it's just crazy you know you're like okay i i thought you were going to charge me 42,000 for labor oh no we're talking about 50,000 80,000 and, and there goes that 120 now you're 150,000 in renovations so right. Always get it in writing. If you learn anything from the show, and of course, we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. She gets it in we're writing. We're in the trenches. From her brother. Look at that. <laughs> Shut up, out here. It's <laughs> awesome. It's just with you know new construction. There's like you said, there's a little bit more margins to work with. You're dealing with a little more of a developer who's um, you know he does a lot more wholesale because if they build one, their odds are to build another. So they, they're able to get a better deal on X products versus the rehabber. Is usually at best he's got a pro account at Home Depot or something like that. You know, there's only so much that they could get in terms of a discount. Right. Um, it's just a lot of times, you know, new construction could be an awesome experience. You know, it's an I, amazing experience. Yeah, I mean, the to, availability of being able to customize your home. 100%. Yeah, and I definitely would say there's something a little bit more special about so doing exciting. a new construction because it is that customization. Like I know that a lot of the stuff that I do in Georgia is all new construction, just because that's where the market's at over there, and I all the time get the pictures from the families you know they're really happy and it's just a lot of the times you're customizing your own kitchen your own bathroom a lot of the times your master bedroom and everything else everything is exactly the way you want it you're right. not coming in and then trying to make something your own you're making it your own and that's where another good want. agent comes in where you know also to kind of guide you to make sure there is such a thing as over improving there is such a thing as doing it too personal right. because you want to remind your client yes it's your home enjoy the hell out of it right but right. remember in a couple of 
years or 10 years, 20 years, you have to sell this thing someday. So right. try to think of that. Maybe me as an agent, I think of that more often than I should. My wife gets mad at me for that. <laughs> you know, she's like, everything's resale. I always, I use that no, word a little too a much. very important. I think we use that here a lot as well. It's like, always think about when you're reselling the property. You know, if you're going to buy it right. at a discount, you're going to sell it at a discount. Right. But when it comes to over improving, I think that's very important. And I think we should move into our topic of like comping out a property and bidding more. It's like, Definitely. how is the market looking in the new construction? In the new construction, it again goes price points, right? I mean, we just sold a $5 million property that, you know, there was obviously a lot more negotiations. There's more room for that. But if you're, you know, we're selling a uh, $1.5 million house, there's not as much. And then eventually when you get down to selling four units in Lakeview, you know, there's even that much more limited. Um, the property on the 3,500 block of Wilton that we sold, for example, sold almost all of them at the asking price, if not a little bit over because of some of the extra improvements they wanted. So right. those, like the condo market, in, in especially in a walk-up building, in, nor, in a, you know your typical neighborhood, there is going to be not much discounts. There right. really isn't. There's not know. a lot of negotiating yeah. rooms. Luxury so market, for- yes, but not so much in the act, you know the walk-up, you know, four to $600,000 condo. You know, there's because if you don't buy it, there's somebody else. There's, there's a right. bigger buyer pool. There's, there's a not a lot pool. of inventory, right. and obviously we know, but more specifically with the new construction, if something is brand new. So, you know, I always tell clients like, even if you're spending six hundred thousand dollars on a property, and then you go in there, you're like, yeah, but I could have done this differently with this kitchen. I don't like where the island is. I would have had more of like that space there. It's all about customizing, right. but there's a premium to that. And you got to be careful because some developers a don't like. Doing they rather sell it to the other buyer who right. says, I love it the way it is, and I'm not, they'll take a couple of grand less and not have to deal with that headache. So, you know, when you're seeing pricing and bidding and everything like that, it's very important. There was just an article that uh, came out that we passed around throughout the group. When you're negotiating for, you know, properties that have multiple offers on it, whether it's new construction or not, it's still the same theory, is that make sure that you don't, your buyers doesn't seem too picky to that listing agent or to that seller because then they're gonna be like why would i go with him when i could go with them they were so worried that the deal could fall apart at any minute uh so making sure that you have your buyers you know locked in being aggressive being very easygoing in a sense oh yeah even in the maybe even in the beginning at least to you know that perception that hey these guys are gonna be good to work with you know because oh, I can't go by Zilla on my finishes? No, you can no, <laughs> so much. Come on. No, I meant, I'll pay you a premium to get new construction. <laughs> no, if you're paying a premium, definitely. I just meant when you said earlier in a multiple offer situation, yeah. you just want to make sure that, hey, what is the most important to you? Like, do you, Are you okay with this island the way it is? Because you're telling me you want this island removed and put it into the living room, for example. Something crazy <laughs> extreme. Of course, the developer's going to be like, oh, here, what's the No, next? I just what's, want a wet bar and an yeah, extra cabinet, and I want too. you to make it all quiet. We all do. No marble. No marble. No, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, when it comes to making an offer on a new construction, just – you know, look at the comps. Not every new construction is priced correctly. Hell, not any resale is priced correctly. Right. So new construction even more so. Now, there might not be as many comparables to go around. That's um, exactly know, what we're talking right, about because right, there is yeah. a president, right? We right. don't have history in that market. Right. So if you're saying we're just building new construction now because we're, the leniency in lending and financing for new construction has just become available, then how do we go back to comp that property out to assess value and to make sure we're not overspending in today's market? Just like any property that you would do for, for like a resale, just go back to seeing at least the most recent new resale, like mm-hmm. meaning – we're in 2017. Maybe there was a resale of a 2015 property. So take that and then see how the finishes compare. Well, now, if it's a mid-2000, you know there's going to be significant differences in the finishes, the style, right. the, everything. So as recent as possible, for example, the one that I'm g- going to go for the reinspection today at 130, it was where it was listed at 585. And every comparable I could look at was no more than 550. And those were brick. This is a frame house. Okay. So again even though that's a read but it's you look at it and say okay i don't have an apples to apples comparison but what you do is like in your appraiser would you start making adjustments so i told her i'm like no we're not paying five (laughs) anything close to that and she really wanted she's like no i want i know you want it but i'm not gonna let you pay that so waited for the price drop and then it went from 585 to 575 no still no and then it went to 550 i said all right now we go in and we got it for 515 70 thousand dollars less now now it's not just a say oh here's a pat in the back but it's just because it is a pat in the back that's amazing and that's exactly why people have to work with somebody that knows that market because otherwise they get emotional like you say yourself earlier like um you know so i'm looking in portage park and i'm looking at i'm trying to narrow down the filters as much as possible i'm looking in portage park okay so we got the area down now it's a gut rehab okay now i have a pool of those houses ours is framed there's only one or two so i have if I go strictly off of those, it's still not the right price because the guy went over above and beyond on the improvements, and, yeah. and our buyer's willing to pay for that, but just not going to let her be the most expensive 
gut rehab sale in Portage Park. You know, right. so let's do a shout out to my friend Adam Barrera, who's also on Facebook Live. Thank you for your questions. We'll make sure that we follow up with you. And if you're listening, uh, we are on Facebook Live Wednesdays. Um, uh, 10 a.m. So you're on my Carla filter and you're also on Facebook. But Adam Barrera does a lot of work at Avondale area, Portage Park and Deming area, I believe. And they're, they have this really cool thing called renovation tours. So they basically get exposed to property in the assist condition and then they'll show it. And it's like a tour bus. Everybody gets to see the existing property. And then they see like the work in progress. They'll show another property while it's in progress of being rehabbed. And then, of course, you see the beautiful home that everybody loves because it's got all the bells and whistles. Right. So shout outs to you for doing a great job and elevating the industry, you know, standard. Uh, but great advice when it comes to that. Like negotiating, it's key because you don't want to overpay for something. Especially because so you're ready to do. They, the- do they come out of pocket for the difference if it doesn't appraise out? Yeah, so last, you know, I mean, just like anything else, I'll come in and say, okay, well, now it didn't appraise. You're like, okay, now what Uh-oh. do we do? So do we, like, I know you, you just said this morning you're dealing <laughs> it's with like one. Headaches, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, headaches. Lender like, headaches. So are you going like, to come with this money out of pocket or are we going back to negotiating? Are we going but back they to, could do that, right? They right. can come Absolutely. out of pocket. They can come out of pocket. They go to the developer and say, look, we're 20 grand apart. Let's go 10 times. I would go back to developer and say, you First thing you're going to do is ask the developer to chop the 20 off right off the top and improve and look at the comparables. They're going to go to their agent and say, hey, are these comps in this appraisal you know, sufficient? And then if it is, then they're going to say, well, no, well, 20 is not going to work. How about we do 10 times? Now it's up to your buyer to say, look, what's $10,000 in the grand scheme of a 30-year loan? Pennies, right? So it's not the biggest end of the world. But now if you're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollar difference on a you know, two, three million dollar property, that's a big chunk of a difference. Right. And we're Absolutely. off here. So either everybody's it, off. Yeah. So either me as the buyer's agent didn't do a good job of negotiating for you or there was something in the labs that we missed as a whole, everyone, all parties missed because the sh- developer shocked. Oh, you're working with the crappy lender that can't get this thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Excuse Excuse me, we're not the one appraising. We're, we yeah. don't do appraisals. No, okay. don't do or a lender that <laughs> always messes the, up appraisals. I'm not going to talk about. Seriously, there are lenders <laughs> whose appraisals never come out, and I really, I'm not even going to say names. I'm I, not. You know, I'm really? going to stay. Oh, I think a lot of stay, don't, don't stay clean. Don't name drop anyone. <laughs> I, I think a lot of times what happens is, um, you know, with the with the appraisal process is that, you know, don't. J- Respect, <laughs> respect, you respect. Have to clean it. No, no, no. I respect all the appraisers out there. HCC but, rules but, of conduct. But yeah, but definitely sometimes when you look at those reports and you're like, I had one where it was over a year ago. I'm like, I thought you guys look at six months or less. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm, you're sorry about that? <laughs> Can we? It was for my own house, for my own refi. So I was just like, okay, but you know, this is personal. When yeah, it's yeah. Your when it's your own house, so, it's personal. So just like how us as agents, our work gets checked all the time. Like you know, you have your other agent telling you, John, where'd you come mm-hmm. up with that list price? That's out of whack. And you're like, well, where'd you come up with this lowball offer? You know, like, we're always <laughs> no, no. This is serious. Right. This real, happens like, every real day. Estate talk yeah. Like, hey, are you serious? I'm sorry. Can you please help me navigate this because I'm, I need to explain it to my client. You don't want to be rude and say, where the f did you get these? Comps? Sometimes I'm a smart. You know what? And I'm like, hey, you know what? I would. Lo- I you, you know, know we can curse on the show, right? I want to encourage craziness oh, okay oh you don't want to tell me that I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's gonna go no, we come us real estate agents don't have a, a <laughs> filter claim. no yeah. filter but no in all seriousness though like we're no offer low ball offer coming you're like you're almost out of like shock you're like please tell me where'd you come up with this number <laughs> like first question i ask is did you come up with this number or did your buyer come up with this number are you just and if a, your buyer came re- up with this number why right, weren't are you, you exactly are you being a pu- are you just being a puppet for your buyer like you just say <laughs> hey okay great i'll write four hundred thousand on the six hundred thousand like dollar property that. You know, but it more so than is, again, back to that multiple offer situation. Do you really want to be the one where, um, you know, the one offer that really stood up because you're being, contag- you know, really combative with the list agent and then the list agent is going to go back to his client and say, don't go with them. That agent's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, hey, they're, they're buyers. Sometimes crazy works, though. It, it could if it's, you know, the, you're the only offer. But remember, <laughs> you know, we were talking about earlier about multiple offer situation. No, even in new construction, you got to be careful with that. Um, yeah. Hey, let me plug our previous show because we did have an extensive one-hour show on bidding wars. And I think we talked about, you know, like building rapport with the other agent yes, so that we don't definitely. get into these problems. But, yeah, if I'm you listen nice. to that show, <laughs> go ahead and check it out. It's on our YouTube um a library um, so you can check it out because bidding wars it's real it's 2017 and it's summer market it's only going to get crazier so yeah built rapport with that client uh, or the, I'm sorry that agent cooperating agent because you want to make sure that they understand that you know the process because the worst part is just what you're saying it's an agent doesn't know, understand the process and they're coming in conflicted you know like just being aggressive and talking about comps like you don't know what you're doing you're like right. this is my fifth new development and it's also I look at it it's like it's an interview yeah, I tell every I had one of a realtor. She's fairly new, and she's like, you know, asking me for tips or whatnot. I'm like, it's honestly like an interview. 
you're interviewing your buyer to this potential seller and letting them know that that's the best potential buyer that they could possibly have in the market. I like, think so interviewing is pretty candid. Best. I think it's qualifying, right? Because there's a lot of money at You're selling your buyer to that listing agent. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a sense, because, and what I mean by that is I'll ask them right away when I know it's like, even if it's not a multiple offer, but I know it will be if we don't act quickly mm-hmm. to yeah. avoid it. What is your seller looking for? Closing date. Yep, exactly. Right That's now, a really good one, we, though. We got a property right now that I was texting I like earlier. That. We got July 7th. We went under contract in April. You know, they were like, we want July because they haven't found something. Great, we'll do July 7th. And uh, as is, sure, we'll do as is. You know, but those are things, you, obviously, your buyer's going to be comfortable with it. But those are questions to start asking the listing agent during the tour. Because especially once you sense your buyer really likes it. Yeah. Like, hey, so what is your seller looking for? Hey, would a quick close work or do you want a little bit lo- longer? Um, what are they looking in terms of... If we went as is, you're looking for their them? needs. You're yeah. looking for their so wants and their needs. Once you figure those, I don't know. Are you seeing a lot of S's when you construction though? No, not new construction. Oh, no, right. definitely. Just this, oh, just no. a normal deal. Yeah. New okay. construction. The one where we're seeing a lot I would, is no. I would be very scared. Uh, we're, so the reverse for that for new construction would be is a little less allowances. You know, like a little less being about you know what oh, what else can we get? You know, don't put in the writer just yet. Just write your offer. The most like you cannot live with stuff that you want to add on to that contract, and then. Okay. Obviously, at some point during the term review, now this is a little bit uh, out of thing. You don't go do your inspection and come back and say, "Hey, I want to subzero refrigerator when they were putting Maytag." You know, you're like, "Hey, no, that's <laughs> now your, your buyer's just being yeah. now your buyer's being shady and trying to think." But you want to at least put the most important things up front, and then during the negotiation, say, "You know what? We would love if we could add A, B, and C. What would that cost?" Right. So instead of doing it up front, right. then the developer just sees a long list of items. As long as you're willing to know that the odds are you're going to pay for it, but and if the whatever developers already putting in there and you're happy with it, well then try to slim down on your requests. Just right. because it you just want that developer in a new construction to feel like, okay, I could make this deal work and this is gonna close. You know, right. and you know, for our listeners out there who are not in the business, they are probably thinking, Why am I being so candid? I have the money, I have the approval, I could buy this property and I wanna customize it because I want that new construction experience. And we're saying, Let's be candid, let's be nice, let's give in. But understand the marketplace that you're right. shopping in, right? Exactly. Especially Side if you're addresses. in that single family category. Or jump on something when they broke ground. Right, you know, like pre-construction. Like, yeah, pre-construction. Right. Exactly. Have your develop. Have your agents start. We get a, a Mario sends us every week new permits that were just issued, every week from throughout the city. So that way we could look and say, oh wow, there's four units being built on Rockwell. My client's looking, in, you know, in Logan Square. So then look. Odds are you could probably find out who's who bought the land through the MLS is the buyer's agent. I actually did that for a client of mine. Looked through that, and then we went. And it was on Byron. I lo- noticed it was Jeff Lowe. I was like, okay, Jeff Lowe, great. <laughs> and I reached out to him. I was like, hey, you guys are reputable names. Yeah, yeah you guys broke ground. What, what are you guys looking? He's like, wow, yeah, we don't even have our spec sheet ready yet, but um, this is what we have in mind. You know, right. roughly, this gave me an address. We were able to use that and write in, and we were ahead of the curve. We got everything we wanted because of developers. Like, great, I get to sell this. Tell my bank that it's. I already have it sold before I don't have the drywall up. Yeah. That's that's when you can get the most for everybody. It's a win win for It's everyone. a win win for the developer, right? Because now exactly. they know that they, for sure they're going to have a buyer at the end of their project. Exactly. And then the buyer gets to customize. And then more importantly, they don't get into the bidding war aspect of it. Have your agent do their job, which <laughs> exactly. is not just scan through the MLS and wait for something to pop up. Be the aggressor and go out and look to see when you're driving by. Hell, when you're walking to Mariano's, be like, oh, wow, they just uh, put up a fence. What does that mean? It's about to be torn down. Right. So find out what's going over there, and your buyers will love you for it. They will be so loyal to be on there because they were like, John found this for us before it was even on the market. Everybody loves to say that. I got this Absolutely. house, and nobody had access Everybody to does, it. Everybody does, right? I had exclusive <laughs> entry yeah. to it. And, and why not? And then so, But again, once a developer is well pretty much done with the house, 90 95% done, there's significant drop in their appetite to change things up for you. I like it, that. It, there, there really is. And because they're like, if he doesn't buy it, somebody else is. And if it's a multiple offer situation, good luck. Yeah, unless you're no Unless you're upping the price to make it worth their while. My developer once said, John, it has to be worth my while for me to sit there in all those hours of meetings of tile selection, everything. Right. They paid full ask for the one that I posted recently on Facebook. Yeah. Full ask because they knew that if we're going to offer all these different selections – that's what's going to take for our developer to be like, all right, well, at full S, of course, what do and you that's want? That's the key <laughs> in negotiations with anything, right? It's right. setting up leverage. And I love the fact that you're talking about off the MLS. And I know that a lot of industry people hate that word, off the MLS. But it's, it's the key market in this, yeah, 2017. Yeah. It's like negotiations, you're only going to gain leverage by doing a pocket listing. You know, you have to know what's coming up on the market. And if somebody comes to me and wants to do an intake and do a consultation, buyer consultation, you have to understand what that buyer is looking for. And if that buyer is looking for something they have that creative budget that I like to call, then you definitely want to, you know, seek 
for opportunities outside the MLS. Because once it hits the MLS, and it's that only one shiny penny, and I don't mean shiny penny when it comes to value and it's super cheap because I think those days are gone. Right. It's more about like a property that's in the best location and the zip code that you want it to be right. near the public transportation that you want it to be in the condition that you want it to be. Then forget about leveraging value or money. You have to leverage, you know, being the first person there, the best, you know, uh, pre-approval letter, pre-approval, making sure you're important. working with the mm-hmm. realtor that understands the market mm-hmm. and it's going to understand how to negotiate and walk you through that process because it's completely different than, than a normal deal. The, the buyers, oh, I'm sorry, the developer is going to have the inside scoop of when that property goes into foreclosure or it's an estate sale or somebody wants to get it, right? They're not going to wait for that property to hit the market before they bid on it. So why should you wait till once it's rehabbed or it's it's built that it's going to hit the market because then you're losing leverage as well? Yeah. I mean, whenever you're out with a buyer, I'm, I remember clearly we were driving around and there was, again, fence up, permit up, went over, took the number down. Didn't work for us, but at least the buyer was like, wow, he's being aggressive. He's not being lazy and just waiting for something to hit the MLS. Exactly. And that's important because, and then also on the flip side, on the list side of it, you you know, you know, want to get that exposure off for your client. You know, Again, if the client's willing to understand that if we do like sell something, which we did, where we only had the foundation up, that you're going to be in with this buyer from start to finish yeah. so you, it all depends there's so many variables i mean we could talk on this topic for hours hours you know, and, and trim <laughs> it down as much as we can and still have a bunch to say about it so no i love it we definitely have add. to get you back here because we're ending the show to, it's so much information to wrap up in like one segment but uh you can always reach us and email us your questions at info at market overdrive.com uh javi we didn't even get to the point to i be- know <laughs> Make sure you oh, secure your financing. <laughs> One thing to keep in mind is that a lot of the times with new construction, you're not going to be closing in 30 to 45 days. A lot of the times you're looking at extended close times. So in, unfortunately, in certain cases, you are unable to actually secure your rate lock in certain situations. So always know that you always got to base your approval off of worst case scenarios in the event of market volatility so that that way you don't have a situation where you overbuy for something if there is a market increase in regards to interest rates. Love Give it. us a call at 312-738-6074. Javier Garcia. Garcia, NMLS two one seven three four three. John, your last words of wisdom for our audience. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, in. Oh, thank you guys for having me back. I'd love to come back again soon. Of course, um, my biggest advice is work. I said this in our last show last time is work with professionals. Work with people who are do this full time. Do this every day. They know what they're doing. Work with the right lender. Work with the right attorney. Work with the right agent. Not with somebody who does not understand. Depending what you're what you're going for, and obviously we're talking about new construction. Ask your agent. Don't be shy. Have you had a new construction sale before? Have you negotiated one? Your lender, have you done one? For your sure. attorney. Ask the questions. Don't be shy. And then don't be shy to ask. Even though we talked about a lot of over, you know, bidding stuff, don't be shy to ask for what you want, but just make sure you itemize and prioritize what's important and what is not. Get it in Come writing. Prepared. Get it <laughs> in prepared. writing for Thank sure. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us on Market Overdrive. We are your realtor, lender, specialist. Um, if you have any questions, again, e- email us at info at Market Overdrive, and we'll see you again next Wednesday. Ciao. Bye, guys.